Welcome to Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell. This is where I help strong, capable women excavate the inner garbage in their life so they can become more confident and have more clarity on who they are and how they really want to be in the world. We have rich, juicy conversations about, yeah, you guessed it, empowerment, but also about radiating your brilliance and loving yourself more than you ever have in your life. And who doesn't want that? So join me now for another empowering chat. So glad you're joining us on Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell. I have a new uh, idea for 2020 and my team and I were riffing on themes and it kind of occurred to everyone that the theme for 2020 should be empowerment. So each month we're going to have a new theme based on the word empowerment. And for my 30-day journey book, Live an Empowered Life, a 30-day journey, I broke down the word empower. And uh, so we're going to use some of those words to start off this, this year. So the first word with the letter E is esteem. And esteem means to regard with respect or admiration. And so questions to ask yourself over the next few weeks is, do you respect or admire your, yourself? Do others respect or admire you? And if you think they do, is there a part of you that doubts that they're telling you the truth? So respecting or admiring yourself for the next few weeks. Try it on and see how it fits. And once you've listened to the podcast today, hashtag it, like it, share it on social media, write us a review, sign up to listen to more so you get a, 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 an alert every time the show shows up so you're not missing a thing. And here we go with today's show. I am really kind of excited to have on our show today a man who strikes me as a very curious human being. And uh, before we got onto the recording, he said he started when he was two investigating starfish and tide pools. And now he's like moved out into investigating <laughs> so much more. <laughs> so I want to welcome Dawson Church. Thanks for joining me. Susan, a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Oh, I have chills. This is like awesome. I love it. So the reason why I'm having Dawson talk with me today is because he wrote this book called Mind to Matter. The Astonishing Science of How Your Brain Creates Material Reality. And so, Dawson, I shared with you before we started that, that your book was, is so full, it's chalked full. Like you can just open one chapter and get quite a bit of information. It's got everything from, um, from oh, I, I was going to say nuts to bolts, but... You know, well, from the I very small to the very large. So the very small molecules in our bodies, you know, uh, hormones, enzymes, tiny little things on our genes called microRNAs, all the way up through the workings of the cosmos. So, and, and it shows how it all ties together. So big to yeah. small. I, and I love that it's in one place. So I don't have to go hunt a boot. You did the research for me. You know, and I would imagine your entire life has been a, a laboratory in some ways of how all of this fits together. So can, there's a lot of things in your book. I'm just going to drop these phrases and then we can pick up whichever one to talk about. But you talk about self-directed neuroplasticity, um, electromagnetic fields, 
and healthy energetic ecosystems that are in the body and how we're connected to the earth's energy system so all of those we let's talk about all of it i'm so excited <laughs> to talk about all of it <laughs> so so first okay now i'm really so first can we talk about the body mind connection with the earth's energy because I, with everything that's just been happening in the last few years uh the dramatic effect of the climate change um i think it's important that people get that if they're feeling a little wonky it's not necessarily that there's something wrong in their life it could be if you open your mind up that there's something happening with the earth's energy and it's changing and i i constantly this year dawson been asking myself is it me or is there something happening in the air is there something happening on the planet what is it i'm supposed to be aware of so share with us all that <laughs> well this was a, a huge revelation to me and when I began the book, Susan, I wanted to answer a simple but complex question. And that was, what can we manifest? So just for example, I'll share with you something I manifested today. I went to the faucet and I manifested a <laughs> bottle of water. Now, when I tell you this, you are not gasping in astonishment saying, wow. <laughs> what an amazing manifestation. But if I told you I manifested a, uh, a water buffalo behind me, then you'd be really impressed. Mm -hmm. And so um, there are things we can manifest easily, the water. There are things that are hard to manifest, the water buffalo. And then what really is on that spectrum, on that continuum of things from the water to the water buffalo, what is it possible for me to manifest? Because you want to make sure in your life with all you can create, that you manifest as much as much love, as much money, as much inner peace, as much health, as much high relationship, all those things as much as possible. And you wanna be using your full manifestational powers. And what I found to my amazement as I looked at that continuum, and again, I'm not, I'm not talking about all of this, this subjectively your opinions, I'm, it's hard science. What does hard empirical evidence tell us you can manifest and the amazing thing I found in Mind to Matter that I lay out in the course of the book is that it's much closer to the water buffalo than the glass of water. We are capable of all kinds of manifestation yeah. and we, we exercise a very small part of it. And so the, one of the ways we manifest is through, and I talk about this in chapter two and three, is brainwaves. There are six basic brainwaves and the way I think, whether I think positively or negatively, whether I'm in anger and fear or love and compassion, that is making radical shifts in the way my brain processes information. And those brainwave fields are going out, interacting with information fields all around us and interacting with the cells of our bodies. And so like this one, I had to pick again one study from probably 30 on telomeres. And these are our main anti-aging markers. And the, this piece of research showed that one wave we generate with our own brains can produce a tenfold increase in anti-aging molecules in our cells. So it's just amazing how energy is interacting with our cells and then how the planet's energies are interacting with us. And the big, the big insight I had there was that these six main brain waves are also six of the primary frequencies of the planet. 
The main one is 7.8 cycles per second, so seven, roughly eight times a second. This is firing, and that brainwave corresponds to what's called the Schumann frequency, the primary frequency of the Earth. And so healers are in that Schumann frequency. Shamans are in that healing frequency. People who are laying on of hands are in that healing frequency. Uh, various kinds of faith healers are in that fre healing frequency. And so there's a remarkable correspondence between us as individuals and these larger frequencies. We evolved in these planetary frequencies. Our brains echo them, and we're one with this amazing natural cycle. So I share a lot about that in the book. Oh my gosh, you just explained how I do what I do. Because I, uh, I, I now own that I'm an intuitive healer, and, uh, and it, it was something I'd been pushing away most of my life, you know, told not to, don't, you know, don't, don't be like that, don't be sensitive. But, uh, you know, I can walk by someone in a grocery store, and I can feel, uh, if I allow myself to interact, I can feel what's going on with them, and, and I can, I have to be careful because I don't want to take what's, what's theirs, you know, along with me, which happens sometimes if I'm not paying attention. But also then I could, you know, ask a question that might help them to, um, how do you say this, uptake uh, a, an energy healing that is, they've actually, they're walking around like an open wound and they're, they're needing that. So you just explained how, and I just don't know, you know, I think we can all do that though, Dawson, don't you think? We can all do that. And then it's a matter of setting appropriate boundaries. So um, when I go into a, a big store, I, 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 Susan, I couldn't even go into big box stores for a long time because I'm energy sensitive as well. I, and for me, going into a, a Costco or a Walmart oh, or a Target, forget it. it's like being in, it's like being able to hear 10,000 conversations a cacophony of voices and energies all at once. It's just yeah. totally overwhelming. But what I now do is I do simple energy exercises like this one that that I have in my earlier book, The Genie in Your Genes, called the zip up and the hookup. And you just do the mm. zip up. It's mm -hmm. a, just a, a, a qigong move and the hookup. And suddenly you are able to move into those things with an aura, with an energy field. You shift your own field mm -hmm. of protection and you can then go into those chaotic environments mm -hmm. and be okay. But you have to do it consciously. Now, the place that doesn't work for me is my marriage. So with my wife, Christine, we find we have to be really careful in our marriage because if I'm off, if I'm, my energy is off in some way, it just bleeds right through into hers, her energy and hers into mine. So we're really super nice to each other pretty much all the time, because we know that any disruption in either of us will then carry into the other one's field. So uh, right. with, with, with intimate people, you can't really block them off the same way, which is why you want to make sure you choose positive people. And in chapter two of the book, I talk about this phenomenon called emotional contagion. It's not just between a husband and wife or a parent and a child. It's all of us. In one of the studies in Mind Matter in chapter two, these researchers were manipulating the Facebook fields of a Facebook feeds of a couple of dozen people. That was a Freudian slip, the fields of those people. <laughs> they were the Facebook feeds of a couple of dozen people. Within two weeks, those couple of dozen people had produced emotional contagion, had those emotions, those they, they, they'd shaped them negatively. They just made the feeds a little bit darker. Within a couple of weeks, those people had influenced people around them 
They'd influenced people around them. And within a couple of weeks, they influenced 700,000 people. Holy Almost moly. three quarters of a million people caught emotional contagion, like catching the flu or catching a cold from just a couple of people and just tweaking their, their, their Facebook feeds a little bit. So these are, there are these huge emotional um, ripples that echo through the, the mass consciousness. And either we're, you know, we, we get attuned to the ones to do with fear or the ones to do with love and whichever of those frequencies we choose will then resonate with our personal frequency. Yeah, you know, so it's so it's interesting when you were uh, sharing about your relationship with your wife and that you guys are mindful. You know, I kept hearing the word infection, you know, and and uh, and then what you just talked about with the emotional contagion, this whole belief system that uh, it, I did say belief system that if somebody has a cold, oh, I'm contagious. Well, no, that's a belief system. If I choose to believe that you're a contagion that you're infected that you're bad or wrong or you know and and it's gonna come and get me right it, these these are belief systems people that you we we get we are always at choice and and like you said dawson we can choose to be fearful or we can choose to be kind and loving and it's fascinating yeah. that your book is out at this time with what's happening on the planet yeah I'll give you one cool example from the book, one study done by the University of Rochester. And so they looked at people who had heart disease, heart attacks, mm -hmm. congestive heart failure, cardiac events, just as a medical jargon for it, cardiac events, and they, they followed them for a long time, several years. And they wanted to find out what were the risk factors for cardiac events. And it's obvious that, you know, eating a super high fat diet, uh, that not getting enough exercise, smoking, being obese, blah, 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 all these risk factors. So they did this whole longitudinal study with several thousand people, and then they measured how many of them actually had heart failure, how many of them had a cardiac event. And then they, they looked back over the last few years and said, was is the smokers, is the people eating a high fat diet, is the people not exercising? And all of those things did figure into it. But the factor that was the biggest of all was a question at the beginning of the study, they asked everybody was, do you believe you are at risk for a cardiac event? Do you believe you're at risk for heart failure? Do you believe that you could have a heart attack in the next few years? And the people that said no, got them much less frequently than the people that said yes, regardless of smoking, regardless of the diet, regardless of exercise, regardless of anything. They corrected for all of that stuff the strongest predictor was whether they believed they would have a heart attack mm -hmm. or not. So that's mm -hmm. the power our beliefs have over mm -hmm. our physical reality. Yes. And, you know, it's interesting. I, uh, I have a client who had a, a, a seizure seemingly out of the blue, and she was uh, kvetching to me about how, okay, now I got something else wrong with me. I was like, no, no, cancel that. That's not true. That's not true. This is a one-off. It's a one-time event. It's in relationship to what you've been going through. It's not, in, it's not defining who you are and it's not your future. And a lot of people, you know, they think, oh, well, cancer runs in my family. You know, I mean, so many women that do the double mastectomy because cancer runs in their family is, is kind of frightening to me. I understand. I'm not judging, but it's because there is a familial or cultural 
cultural now belief system that it, it, it's genetic, it's contagious, it's infectious, it's right. And it, it taint necessarily so. <laughs> Let me give you an example of that. And um, in the book, why, of course, it's a science book. It has, it summarizes hundreds of studies showing that our minds create our reality, our matter of our bodies. But it also has stories. It has stories of people, real people who apply these things to money, to love, to health, their bodies. And one of those people is a woman called Beth. And she contacted me in March of 2017 because she'd got a diagnosis of metastasized breast cancer. Mm. And the doctors found a lump on her right breast, top of her right breast, and eventually was measured at about two inches in diameter. Wow. A big solid tumor. And then they looked for signs of metastasis and they found that it had traveled, the cancer traveled to her lymph nodes under her right armpit. And rather than being clear, like on a thermography scan, they, those lymph nodes should, should, they're full of clear lymph normally. They should, be, they should look white and clean. They were all clogged up with cancer cells. They also found three spots of inflammation on her right lung. And this is, you know, this means mother cells, daughter cells, cancer cells are traveling throughout her lymph nodes, throughout her lymph system in her body. And I mean, they wanted her in chemotherapy and radiation right away. But she knew about alternative treatments. And she said, I want, she told her oncologist, I want a few months or I, I want time to step back and think. So she stepped back and she said, what can I do to help myself? And she decided to do everything to help herself. She got rid of those negative people in her life. She turned off her feeds or social media feeds. She quit listening to the news, cut out all negative media, negative music, only filled her life with positive people, positive emotional influences. She, uh, she, sent, she emailed me one day and she said, Dawson and I had this gene test and I have eight defective genes, some of which predisposed me to breast cancer. And I said to her, Beth, you have 24,000 genes in your body. That means you have 23,992 that are just fine. Let's just, let's just boogie with those, okay? Yeah. Eight defective genes, not, not, let, let, let's focus on, on optimizing the ones you, that, that, that are just fine. So she began to do Reiki. She got energy work. She began to do Qigong every day. She got work done with her by a Qigong master. She did material level things. She flew to Mexico, got a lateral treatment, began to do hyperbaric oxygen, got high dose vitamin therapy, intravenous vitamin therapy, uh, but she really shifted her energy. She said, I'm just not going to have a single negative thought at all. So this is March of 2017. Just look at the timeline here. In May, she went back to this cancer clinic, MD Anderson, a big fancy famous clinic, and the tumor shrunk from two inches to about three quarters of an inch. Wow. So a uh, big, big drop in the size of the tumor and all the lymph nodes under her armpit were completely clear of cancer, not a trace of cancer there. And um, the tumor took a few months to go away. One, another doctor said, it's dead. Your body is removing that, that tissue because the surgeon wanted to have an operation right away to right. remove even the smaller tumor. But her other doctor said, no, it's disappearing by itself. Just keep on doing what you're doing. And later on, she had um, what's called a blood biopsy where they, they, they examine your blood for cancer markers, nothing. So again, March, she gets the diagnosis. May, her lymph nodes were clear. 
July, she had the circulating cancer cells uh, biopsy and her body was completely clear of cancer. And that's what energy can do. That's what consciousness can do. That's yes. what changing your mind, reducing your stress can do. And that's why I say in Mind to Matter, don't ignore modern medicine. Modern medicine has wonderful gifts for us, but use energy. Use energy on your body, on your money, on your relationships. Be careful, take care of your energy environment. It can produce huge effects on your well-being. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because so many people are addicted to the news, especially mm -hmm. currently um, in the United States, at least. And it, every once in a while, I'll check into the news and I have to go, oh, good God, no, turn it off. Because I start walking around getting, getting involved in that thought pattern that something bad is going to happen, you know, and that kind of stuff. Um, and it's fascinating when you do focus, like you just shared that story. That's an incredible story. And that can happen for anyone. It's not just Beth that was able to heal herself. Any of us can heal ourselves. It takes dedicated uh, focus for many, but um, yeah. yeah. And energy is a big leverage point. So that's why it's mind matter. And I, I really, what I talk about in the book at the start and end of the book is this phenomenon called non-local mind. Mm -hmm. And the old idea was that our brain was just a complex piece of hardware and it throws off this thing called consciousness, but there's no evidence of that in science. All the evidence in science points to our brain being a receiver of consciousness. So we're tuned into these non-local information fields. And so we have a local self, a local reality, and then we have a non-local reality. And I'm actually writing a whole new book about this called Bliss Brain, because when you tune into non-local reality and you become one with the universe, when you feel that's the primary experience of mystics of every tradition is that when they go to these deep states of connection, they feel one with the all that is. And when you're there, and when you're not tuning in to the stuff that's local to you, you're tuning into the stuff that's non-local, there's infinite love, there's wisdom, there's joy, there, there's compassion, all of these things there. And one of the, the other statistics I talk about in Mind to Matter is that um, the, the number of, the percentage of people that look at their smartphone or their tablet within 15 minutes of waking up, it's about three quarters of people are looking at their tablet or the smartphone as one of the very first acts of their lives. And I, I just, in mind matter, so strongly advise against that. Because what you're doing then is you're using this precious commodity of your attention and your consciousness, and you're then taking this thing, which is not about your well-being or your good or anything that's gonna, gonna cheer you up or uplift you or heal you, and you're plugging your consciousness into these external sources and these news media only get their ratings by hooking you with concern and fear. So now the first thing, act of your day, you're plugging into this and then yeah. how can you have a good day after that? It's, it's affecting your mood the whole day. What I'm recommending you do instead is plugging into non-local mind. So yes. wake up in the morning, you shift your attention away from your local reality, the stuff all around you here and into med meditation into non-local mind and that infinite information field full of love, joy, compassion, peace. And then you fill your local mind with that. So it's not like you ignore the news. You never listen to what's going on in the world, but you're not plugged into the source that's gonna heal you, 
fill you with love and improve your life. And then you live your life from that place. So that's why you want to use your attention consciously to plug in first to non-local mind and not to the news. Yeah, I, I see that as a, um, as you were speaking, I see it as a well that needs to be filled up from the inside out. You know, it's not just uh, plugging in. It is, so, the, so this is my belief, Dawson. I think you have a similar one, that the, the infinite what is, the I am presence, whatever you want to label it, the universal energy, source energy, is within us all the time. And we clog our, our vision, our inner vision, our mental and emotional bodies with garbage from the outside. So we can't see what is within us all the time anyway. And so that plugging in, tuning up, aligning with source because it's within us and then going into that larger realm like you were talking about, that mystics, well, actually anybody can, we're all mystics, right? If we just practice, if we just do what you're suggesting and, and not putting our attention on the external uh, appearance of reality, but putting our attention first on ourselves and our inner life, our inner reality. Yeah, we are all mystics and that realm has so much to offer us, so much to give us, this healing and all these, these inner gifts, gifts of the, the spirit, gifts of energy in that, that realm. But most people, because they're plugging in and they're ignoring it, are missing those gifts. Yeah. And I teach a lot of live workshops. And one analogy I use that in the live workshops that people always are struck by, I say, imagine if in the town you live in, you had relatives who live there. And one of the relatives who lives nearby is one of your uncles. And your uncle is very rich. Your uncle is a billionaire and your uncle is very old and is gonna die very soon and leave those billions to somebody, okay? How much energy and effort and attention would you put into cultivating a relationship with your very rich, almost dead uncle? And most people it's like, well, I you know, probably would bring him, send him a birthday card and bake him a cake and go over and mow his lawn and I, I definitely wanna you know, cultivate that relationship. And then I say, that non-local mind, that place of the universe has far more to offer you than money. It has love, it has kindness, it has all of these energies that can heal your life and heal the world around you, but you need to cultivate it. You need to cultivate a relationship with that, with that and you do it by getting still and paying attention. If you're distracting yourself by tuning into your cell phone and the news, you're tuning out of that, and so all the money, all the wealth, all the benefit that non-local mind wants to shower on you and shower through you, it's blocked because your attention is plugged in somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So you're gonna unplug your attention from those other places and plug in to the above, what's mm -hmm. above you. And like Beth, when you do that, healing just, her book is called, she's writing a book about style, healing can be easy, and it can be, and all the other things, all the other benefits of that, that state can be easy in your life as well. Uh-huh. So Dawson, tell, uh, share with uh, my listeners, there's a couple of other tools that you use or like EFT. Um, explain, explain, first of all, explain EFT to people that don't know about it. And, but then share with us uh, why it's useful and 
also if there's any other tools because basically what you're taught what you're suggesting right now is to begin the day your day our day my day with some sort of mindfulness practice whether it's qigong or sitting and meditating and, and getting quiet or listening to a guided meditation or something but eft can help as well in terms of shifting brain uh connection yeah yeah and i have a lot of studies in the book showing how both EFT and meditation do shift the brain. And so EFT is tapping with your fingertips on 14 acupuncture points. We have 14 meridians in our body, energy flows in meridians, and often they get blocked or energy is not flowing adequately through one or more of them. If you go and get acupuncture, the acupuncturist will sort of needle in that blocked energy spot and release it and you'll feel better afterwards. And EFT is similar, except it's just tapping using acupressure on those points rather than acupuncture. And so I cover about 30 practices in mind to matter. And you mentioned that some of them already like Qigong and yoga. Time in nature is very powerful. Time mm. in nature by itself yeah. is healing. Grounding, earthing is valuable. And then the two that I believe are absolutely essential is one is meditation. To meditate in the morning, become mindful, tune in to non-local mind, will condition your day, it'll pre-condition your day to be, be creative and productive. In my new book, Bliss Brain, which I'm writing right now, which will be out in about a year, in Bliss Brain, I talk more about what it does to your brain and how it changes your brain to tune yourself to these states. So over time, it literally changes the hardware of your brain very substantially. And so you want to tune into those, those states uh, early in the morning as your first act, and then condition your whole day that way. But then stuff happens. You know, it's 11 o'clock rolls around and you get a call from an angry client or uh, something doesn't work out well or your kid comes back from school with bad grades and you have a family conflict and all kinds of things happen. And so you, those will then annoy you, upset you, trigger negative emotions. That's when EFT comes in handy because in under two minutes, you can reset your energy system by using tapping. So you focus on the bad stuff and while you're focusing on it, you then also tap. And what research shows is that when you focus or think about annoyances, your emotional midbrain gets all active, gets highly lit up. So in MRI research, for example, we find that when people think a triggering thought about a childhood event that damaged them or an adult event that gave them traumatic stress, their emotional brain is highly active they're getting angry, they're getting resentful, they're getting guilty, they're getting annoyed, whatever it might be. When you then correct your energy using tapping on acupuncture points, we find that it calms the emotional brain because the emotional brain senses that tapping, that rhythmic tapping, sends a signal to your brain, emotional brain that you're safe. So before you had the trigger and the trigger sent you into fight or flight, now you're having the trigger plus the tapping which gives your brain a calming signal. And so it breaks the pattern of going to fight or flight. And we've now done this with over 21,000 veterans in our nonprofit. And that's a lot of people. There are also seven randomized controlled trials showing that EFT dramatically reduces flashbacks, nightmares, intrusive thoughts, all the symptoms of PTSD. And so there's research showing EFT works for anxiety, depression, phobias, PTSD, physical pain, 
there's uh, autoimmune diseases. There's just a ton of evidence that these energy therapies produce huge effects in the body. So the two basic techniques that I believe everyone should have, have at their availability at their fingertips are one is meditation, the second one's tapping, and then add in, layer in, grounding, do that yoga class, do the Tai Chi, whatever works for you, but at least give yourself that wonderful connection with non-local mind every morning, and then throughout the day, correct yourself when your energy is off balance with EFT. It's so much easier during the day if you did take, even if it's five minutes of silence, you know, in the morning, it's so much easier to use EFT. I tapped my... I tapped my way, Dawson, through a really contentious divorce, and it helped because I came out uh, not embittered, you know, and happier and all that stuff, but because I set the intention to do that, but the tapping was a tremendous help. I use it with my clients now, and, and whenever I start with a new client and we, we do some tapping, they're like, huh? I don't understand, but it's such an easy tool to use that... Uh, that uplifts your brain waves so you're not in that yuck. So uh, Dawson, you mentioned a nonprofit that you work with veterans. Tell everybody what it is. It's called the Veterans Stress Project. And I began it with some colleagues in 2007. And we were attempting to interest the Veterans Administration in using it with veterans from Iraq and Afghanistan, also Vietnam veterans. Um, but the VA was very slow to endorse it or start to use it. So we set up our own project called the Veteran Stress Project. And um, you can go there now, it's just called, it's just stressproject.org.org. Go there now. And uh, if you know a veteran who's suffering from PTSD, we can hook them up with a therapist or with a life coach and they'll tap with them and help them get through it. And research shows that in just six one-hour sessions, six sessions, that most veterans are free all those PTSD symptoms. So it's been amazing to do it now with people for the last 12 years and see them shift. Oh my God, what a blessing that is. What a gift. I, my team and I just, uh, at, around the holidays, we each uh, shared with my listening audience um, our favorite nonprofit. I'm always, that's, that's like my thing, to support nonprofits that are doing amazing work. So thank you for starting that. That's a, that's a huge gift for any of us, but especially for the veterans that, that have served and need support. Ongoing well, we think support. about things like anxiety and depression and PTSD as mental health disorders, mental health diagnoses, and they are. What people really don't appreciate enough, understand well enough, is that they're producing a huge effect on the physical body. Mm -hmm. And people with PTSD, for example, they have more cancer, they have more heart mm -hmm. disease, uh, the, this, the classic study done 20 years ago, the adverse childhood experiences study showed that people who have more adverse experiences have more of these diseases later on in life. And so on average in that population in that study, 50 years elapsed between being abused or neglected as a child right. and then when they were actually in the study. 50 years later, they were showing up in hospitals with more cancer, more hepatitis, more diabetes, more obesity, more of all these diseases than people who had not had adverse childhood experiences. So these things take a physical toll on our bodies. Our negative thinking takes a, a toll on our bodies. If, if, I, if I think about the person who insulted me or hurt me, 
10 years ago or 20 years ago or yeah. in my childhood, then my body doesn't know that that's just a made up memory that I'm holding in my head. It reacts as though that person is here in my environment and it goes into fight or flight right now. And so many of us are driving our cortisol and our adrenaline mm. and our stress chemicals in our bodies high by just remembering and thinking our negative thoughts and recalling negative parts of our lives. And so it's so important to realize that these are not just mental things, they are emotional and they wind up being physical. You think a negative thought, you start producing cortisol. If I hook you up to an EEG or an MRI, uh, for example, we did one study that just was published recently that a colleague of mine did, and um, she put women who were obese in an MRI, and then she flashed images in front of their faces of things like pasta and pie and cake and cookies and candy, all these things, and their emotional brains lit up. So again, they're having an emotional response to food. That's why they're obese. They can't control themselves. They eat too much. She then gave them a course of EFT. They learned to tap, put them back in the MRI a few weeks later, flashed the same images in front of them, and their emotional midbrains no longer lit up. They wow. no longer were projecting their emotions into food. So it's literally shifting us at the level of our, our, our emotional function, our brain function. And then to, together with her, we've done several studies of people's weights, how, how much they weigh a year later, two years later. And it turns out they not only lose weight when they start tapping, they steadily lose weight six months, one year, and two years later. They keep on declining in their weight as they're not having this emotional response to food. So it affects our bodies. And long-term, these kinds of ways of handling stress and negative thinking affect our longevity. Mm. In one of the studies I talk about in this brain, the researchers looked at over a 30-year course at the difference in longevity between optimists and pessimists. And they mm. found that optimists were much more likely to reach the age of 85 and that their lifespans were 10 years longer on average than those of pessimists. Well, so again, that negative thought you're having, that emotional reactivity you're having, it is really affecting you over time in the long term. I mean, 10 years less of playing with your grandchildren and traveling the world and having your hobbies and volunteering for the Red Cross, whatever you do with your, 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 your last years of life. Imagine depriving yourself of all of that by today's negative thinking, but that's exactly what you're doing. Right, and it's, it's planting the seed that diminishes or grows your future. Yeah. Dawson, thank you so much for all this information. Um, the book is called Mind to Matter by Dawson Church. And this is like, this is a book, I'm telling everybody, this is a book that you should have in your library because when stuff happens, you can use it as a reference. There's so much information in it. And I, Dawson, I just wanna say thank you for, um, for all that you're doing, all that you are. I, I, I deeply appreciate it and I appreciate the work that you continue to do. I love that you're a curious fellow. <laughs> so if people want to find out more about what you're doing or classes you're teaching, where do they go? Go to my website, Dawson, it's my name, DawsonGift.com. So it's D-A-W-S-O-N, my name, Dawson, 
gift, gift.com, because that's where you can find out about our live classes. And I teach and travel all over the world teaching. We also do a lot of virtual classes. I'm having a lot of fun now doing virtual tapping classes. So Ooh, for yay. one day we get together live and they're, they're really early on, on Pacific time, middle of the day, East Coast time, middle of the afternoon, European time. We get together, we just tap for a whole day on a theme like anxiety or insomnia or uh, New Year's resolutions or whatever it might be. And it's just lighthearted, it's fun, and it's virtual, you can do it from anywhere. So I'm doing a lot of those classes. Those are all at DawsonGift.com. And also practitioners. You can find a practitioner. We have hundreds of certified trained practitioners, highly trained practitioners who are just brilliant at working with other people. And we even have a new platform which allows you to tap with, 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 with a practitioner 24-7 live. You just go on this and you're doing a video chat with, with a practitioner, tapping along with them on whatever stresses you out right now at the moment you're stressed. So all of that's at DawsonGift.com. There's also a free downloadable manual there and links to meditations that you can use, guided meditations that are very brief, but mm -hmm. that nonetheless produce these shifts in your, your brainwaves. So DawsonGift.com is the, the best link for all of the above. I love it. I, I actually am going to... Uh from this conversation, I, I would, I'm going to check it out because I would love to uh, have somebody tapping with me because I forget to do it, right? You know? <laughs> Thank you again. Thank you so much. And um, I'm just going to end with, and so it is, namaste. Well, that wraps up our empowering chat today. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, go to susanburrell.com. You can see all of the information about my new book, Live an Empowered Life, a 30-day journey. You can also access guided meditations that I have on Insight Timer through the website and just see what else is out there on my site that you might find empowering and exciting to experience. You can also contact me through the website at susan at susanmorell.com. That's it for today. See you next time. <laughs>